Hello again and welcome to, I would say, another episode of College Football Down Under, but it's almost like the first episode of College Football Down Under. It has been way, way too long. My name is Aaron Kemp and as always, I'm joined by Will, my horse died in Red Dead, Murden. How is it going tonight, William? You most certainly are. It's going all right. Uh, the world's falling apart around us, but... We are finally back together. We've finally found some time to, to get back into this. It's been a long time between drinks for us. It has. And I don't want to point any fingers in that space, but I'm, I mean, I'm blaming you. You went and A, had yourself a child, which really puts a dent on recreational activity time. And secondly, your frivolities at the weekend have not diminished with the addition of said child to the family. And that also has hampered our opportunities for recording. So I'm certainly uh, open to where my lion's share of the blame on this one. Uh, <laughs> I, I have been trying to cram a lot into little spaces lately. And then, you know, when time does free up, I'm often pretty wrecked <laughs> on the back of some pretty poor choices that I've potentially made. So, yeah, it's it's... It's well and truly with me on this one, but hey, there hasn't been a whole heap to talk about in the college um, football yeah, space. Exactly. This is what you do in your off-season. You're supposed to go out there. Like, at least I haven't been a Dallas Cowboy and got arrested. I mean, you know? yeah, that's good. Well done by you. Uh, thing, you, do, you do change. You've grown up, Will, so well done. Um, what are you, before we kick off, what are you drinking tonight? Talk to me about your uh, beverages of choice. Uh, yeah, no, I've got a couple of furfies lined up on the table here, and then I've got a, a real nice G and T also that I've uh, down here. Okay, so what I've about got a bit you? going on. I uh, I've got a, a a citrusy Zytho zesty pale ale, which I recommend very highly. Um, it's a little bit summerier probably than you would suspect for this time of year. Obviously, we're in the midst of midst of autumn. At the moment, but a 29 degree day today, and it was just delightful outside. You probably wouldn't know that, um, but you know, really, really nice. I've also got <laughs> just to mix it up. We're going to head over to Germany for a wheat beer a little later, and then on top of that, just to finish, uh, hopefully before the episode is out, I've got a stout to to tuck into and, and drink the rest of my um, home brewed stout. So nice. So you're getting your traveling in, getting your yeah, traveling exactly. in. Whilst you can't get your traveling in, exactly. No, it, All right, it's a bit that way though. Like I'm, I'm locked in this bunker here now, like working from home. Uh, I just sit in the same chair for twelve hours a day, and then once that's done, I get back in that chair and sit with you for a number of hours and talk shit. Yeah, so I mean, you say that as if that's of 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 a regular occurrence, and that is clearly not the case. But tonight we get to do that, and I'm really excited about it. So. There is, a, I would say there's a lot to get through, but from a college football perspective, there's not. So we're going to touch on a whole bunch of different stuff. We are hopefully not going to have too many hot takes around the whole COVID-19 lock-in, toilet paper, lack of food, pasta flour um, issues, but no doubt there'll be a couple of jokes that do come up along the way. So Almost certainly. So how are you looking for supplies? You feeling confident? Uh, I mean, we've kind of... I'm a, I am in my own little bubble here. So being a teacher, we schools have remained open. So we're the last ones to go in terms of a, a closure situation. So we remain open and we're back at school next week, even though numbers are dropping. 
rapidly in terms of students, we will still be there, we'll be attending, and that's going to continue, at, you know, as our government has said, and they're planning for a, uh, you know, we go on holidays in a couple of weeks, but they're planning on being back week one. Meanwhile, the east coast of Australia is closed, shut down. Our politicians are not making some of the same decisions as the rest of the world. I'm not going to say they're right or wrong. I'm not in a position to make such a decision. But if you weren't a fuckwit, you probably would have made a different decision to the one we're in right now. Like I, I said, like not a, keep, not keep a the schools open. Keep Leave the, the schools, schools open. open. We are glorified. Get the kids the in moment. the schools. So, yeah. I mean, so for me, I'm going to work every day. It's kind of business as usual. In And, you know, English Jess is exactly the same. She's business as usual. So we go to the shops and we kind of are doing things as we normally would. We haven't... Sounds like you guys are part of the problem. But I wouldn't say that we're particularly out there doing stuff all the time, people anyway. And if we do, we're going for walks or it's just us two anyway. Like nothing, our, our routine hasn't changed overly. We're not having any more contact with people. In fact, if anything, there's more crazies in the supermarket. So they're actually enforcing their will and presence on us and you know i look at them okay now that's fair i mean i just struggle to go to a supermarket stand in line and then like not lick the ear of the person in front of me that's just me though that's that's kind of my jam exactly i mean i sometimes just spit on the little like conveyor belt at the start (laughs) of the supermarket just and, and hope that someone places their apples right on that big wet streak that will develop on that conveyor belt. So that's, that's great. Yeah, that, that's what I'm going for. But like, like, I mean, for me, again, life hasn't changed too much. It will, no doubt. But I, and part of me kind of just wants to see this thing blow up because I like the chaos of it all. Yeah, I did until like I couldn't play footy anymore and right, I can't watch okay. footy and they're talking about races closing down and like that sort of. That's a real bummer. So like, like, so like, so like, classic middle class white guy, right? You're like, you know what? I have these things in my life that I want to do, and this has upset that. And now these luxury activities, people are dying or whatever, but I want to do these things. And in that space, I've kind of got this vision of thirty something. I don't want to say like a, a, a particular gender or whatever, but you know, going into a supermarket and saying, you know what, because lives are going to have to change people. People are going to have to go without in the future. They're going to, there's going to be a situation where lockdown's going to occur for us here in Australia in its entirety to match what is happening in Europe. No, I, it's already happening. I went to the supermarket to get some fucking dry ginger ale for my scotch and there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm already being impacted. I don't want to hear this. It's going to change. I'm already feeling the impact. And I can imagine you just hitting up like a 15-year-old pimply kid who's just trying to stack his, you know, um, sunrays rice section. And you're like, hey, dude, where's the ginger ale? And he's like, we don't have any. And you're like, no, no, no. I've got money. Can you check out the back, please? Absolutely. Like, no, we don't have any. And you're like, no, 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 no. I've got money. Can you go and get some for me? It's like and you were he watching turns me. To you and he's like, 
we don't fucking have any. There's none actually here. And I can imagine the same thing happening with Jennifer and her Hass avocados because she wants to have eggs on toast on a Saturday morning and she's not going to be able to do that because there's no fucking avocados in the state. But she thinks that she's going to be able to actually pay for them and afford them, you know, whatever it takes. Oh, no, 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 I'll pay $20 for an avocado. No, we don't fucking have any. No, yeah, I mean, anyway, you're right, but I over. did end up paying a fair bit more to get the nice fever tree tonic. Uh, fever tree's good, dude. It is. It is. Ain't cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap. It ain't cheap, so Pay it was nice to see that was still there. stocked. <laughs> the bare necessities, mate. So, I mean, on that, like I said, we're not going to have too many hot takes on this, but since we last spoke, fires which were ravaging this country last time we spoke, for all intents and purposes from our perspective, are, have gone out. I mean, I don't know if that's exactly the case, but for us, I guess that's the case. So fire's gone. Virus, not so much gone. That's a thing. Kobe Bryant died. Uh, Donald Trump appears to have less followers than perhaps he did last time we spoke and we didn't actually even think that was possible but that's happened so well done donald yeah i don't know is it less followers or we're just hearing more from the left who knows who knows i I can't really (laughs) speak to that uh yeah Uh, okay yeah well I'm not even, you know what? I'm not even going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Good. That's good. That's probably for the best of everyone out there. Okay. So after that little gross introduction, what, uh, you know, we will try and and we do apologize in some spaces in terms of uh, what we're going to get to tonight. But the reality is, is that college football is on the back burner. In fact, all professional sports is on the back burner. So we are going to, try and draw as much blood from this stone as we possibly can but our football conversation will be limited but that's not to say that we can't create some things for ourselves so we'll have a bit of a chat about fantasy football moving forward and some college guys going into the nfl um about what we are hoping for in the season like if if all things were going ahead as per usual and then we'll have a bit of a look at a, a building of a program this is your little brainchild here will so we'll have a bit of a chat about that as well so let's jump in what do you want to talk about in this nfl college football transition space uh well i don't know man like it's just there's not all that much happening i think the big thing right now is what are we going to expect come season time like we we just don't know we've had so much disruption in our lives I think the silver lining of it all at this stage is that college football is kind of right away from it. Like we've still got months for this shit to sort itself out. I'm assuming it's going to go the way like it has in China where it just completely falls off a map and now they have zero recorded instances of it every day, which just blows my mind. Yeah, That'll happen and then which, we're back which to go, which goes against Which goes against what the research has said. Like the research talks like three, well, six months, 12 months. Like. I don't want to speak poorly of, you know, the Chinese state media, but perhaps it's not exactly <laughs> being accurately reported on. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know we have some pretty heavy benefactors of the show who might have interests in that. So I, like, I, I don't want to speak poorly of that. But I'm just saying those numbers are a little iffy. 
Okay. Well, let's let's not again. Let's not get hung up on Corona and all his mates. Mm. Um, you know, actually, a point before we do get into the football, you talked very fondly of, and I brought it up in the intro, but you didn't bite too hard. So I'm going to come around again, full circle. But you had a noble steed that Ugh. didn't make it through, and uh, I mean, what's going Wrecked on? Me. How, how are you me. feeling about it all? So, yeah, for a, a little while back, I started playing Red Dead Redemption. Not a huge gamer. Like, you and I play NCAA, we'll whack Madden on, FIFA from time to time, but we're not big gamers. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's literally the only games that I've bought over the last five years are bloody FIFA and... Sport games. Yeah, NBA 2K. That's it. Just those What, what qualifies as a gamer, by the way? Is this someone that plays it every night? Is that a... It's not us. Is that what you call it's it? not us. Whatever it is, it ain't yeah, us. It ain't no, us. Mate, we, we're but playing I, the computer a lot. But I'm thinking maybe it's what I need like, to get into. Like eSports. Yeah, but then there'll be like some 11-year-old kid that just crushes you. That's um, a very good point. That is a fucking great point. And I do not think my <laughs> ego could cope with too well with that. Exactly. And he'll trash talk you on top of that. And in real life, if he did that, you'd punch him yeah, either with right. your face or your massive dick. And he, you he's know, you're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, so, I, I, yeah, I got into Red Dead. The, I got into Red, the- Red Dead Redemption 2. And uh, this game is fucking incredible. Like it is truly a masterpiece. And like it consumed a l- more hours than I've got to give. So like it started to eat into... <laughs> to certain things child like rearing time and, yeah child rearing all that sort of stuff that i sh- should be focusing my attention on instead i'm like out hunting a fucking white fox in the forest somewhere for hours <laughs> tracking this thing down laying traps all that shit like it was it was yeah. a lot and you invest a lot of time in it and then a big part of this game is like you've got your horse and that's your horse so i, I I went out, spent some money, bought the best horse you can buy. Fucking loved this black thing. Loved it. Like, you get your bonding level with it all the time you spend. You feed it carrots, work your way up. And unfortunately, uh, on on one of the little missions in the game, I somehow managed to steal a train, as you do, driving this train that I'd stolen. And my fucking horse, I didn't realize, was like running (laughs) along, trying to keep up. It was like, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm like, no, 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 fuck off, mate. I'm on the train. And then sure enough, like I drove the train over a bridge and the horse somehow got all caught up under it <laughs> and it fucking died. And there's no like turn it off, turn it back on again. That's it. Like it's dead. Mission finished. And then I'm like, oh, sweet. Where's my horse? And I couldn't find it. And then I had to like walk my ass like a long way to go back. And then there's just like a dead horse on the track. I'm like, you're kidding me. And I was like genuinely distressed. Like it was the early hours of the morning. I had to go wake my partner up and be like, yo, like something serious has happened. I'm, I'm not, I'm not good. And she's all worried. Like my horse died. And like. <laughs> Your virtual horse died. Well, yeah, not even the race. Like, I think at first she probably thought our racehorse, but it was like, no, 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 not that one. Like, my horse in Red Dead. And she didn't feel the same way I did about it. Like, she wasn't nearly as emotionally invested as I was. So I probably didn't get the sympathy I was looking for there. And I just had to really deal with that myself. Like, I, I've really had to battle through that one. So... 
So have you bought a new, have you bought a new equine species to uh, to get you through? So there, there's there's an, an option to go out and like find one because I didn't want to get the same one because that's already like it's too soon, you know. If you have a dog and it dies, you don't just go replace it with the same fucking dog. Or if you do, that's weird. Like if you're doing that, so like, weird. so like you're saying like if you've got a beagle and it you know gets taken in an avalanche. You don't want to just go out and get another beagle again. No, you don't get another beagle. No, like surely not. Like I think there's probably a time frame, and then you can go back to beagle, or maybe if it was like different breeds of the same type of dog, sort of thing. You know how there's like different coloured ones. I don't know. I think that maybe <laughs> maybe you could do that, but okay. yeah, for me, I, I don't know. I went out and got a white horse, and it wasn't quite the same. So then, like, I ended up finishing the game. It's a great fucking game. I love it. And in that game, it has this, like, emotional scene at the end where, spoiler alert, like, if you haven't played it, you don't want to know, skip forward. But you die, and before you die, your horse dies, and you have this, like, emotional, like, scene. It's a cut scene where you're, like, crouching down with your dying horse. But for me, I didn't really feel a lot. Because, like, my horse had already died. I didn't really give a fuck about this new horse. I was like, yeah, whatever. We've been riding together for a few hours. You know, maybe we've spent 30 hours together. Other horse I'd logged hundreds of hours with. We had done a lot. We'd seen some shit. So this one, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know? Yeah, okay. Well, m- moving on. Um, I mean, very sensitive topic to lose a virtual it was it was i think when i first saw you after like our kind of month-long hiatus it had been Mm. a full month but it was still kind of like real fresh for me it was a bit raw yeah yeah even now have you ever thought about going out and buying a real horse well we've got the racehorse we've got the racehorse we've got love and peace uh won its last start uh at Port Lincoln, so it was supposed to be racing well, you know, at Oakbank. And that, and, that is, and that is where all great horses start their journeys from. Easy, the... mate. Easy. It had a win out at Strath as well, so just take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> it had a really competitive fourth out at Murray Bridge. Um, <laughs> but it was scheduled to run at Oakbank. That's since been cancelled, and now I think we're, uh, we're having it run in Adelaide, Morphville. Oh, wow. There you go. Happy days. All right. Well, let's push on. Now, we were going to go discussing um, college football or the transition for some college players into the NFL in a hypothetical sense, providing the season goes ahead. I feel like any football talk we have from this point on is is going to be hypothetical, providing the season does go ahead at some stage. So take me through what are your concerns in this space? In which space? The fantasy football. You, you wanted my opinion. Ah, here we go. Uh, okay. So, so that, I didn't yeah, obviously. No. I obviously I didn't quite lead you down the garden path as you were. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't sure where you were going. So, like, I guess what I want to talk about here is the current draft crop coming through. Uh, so, in, in fantasy yeah. circles, these are your rookies coming into the NFL. Uh, so for us, these are the guys that we've followed quite closely over the last few years. These are the superstars. These are the guys that are going to get drafted in the first or second round, probably. Um, well, and yeah. and what I'm really looking for you, because you know you actually do watch a lot of football, and you have a somewhat you say that like it's a surprise. Well, no, like you watch a lot. I guess what I'm trying, what, what I'm not certain about is your fantasy ability. But I am willing for you to give some advice. 
to our I listeners. I am good. I am good at getting in the top four every year of our fantasy league. Yeah, who, who can you equate that to? Like, you're in Oklahoma. You are the Oklahoma of our league. You're good yeah, but for not the playoffs. That. Like Oklahoma, like people, people look at Oklahoma and go like, oh, "Is it team. their year?" Yeah, no one ever looks at me and goes like, "Is it their year?" It's I'm a very good more point. like you craft your I'm way in more, there. Maybe Washington. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's probably a better shout. Or I was thinking in a non-college football perspective, I'm a bit like the Tennessee Titans last yeah, okay. year. Yeah, I was like, no one really thinks, oh, you won one. Hey, well done you. Yeah. And now you got creamed. You yeah. Never, yep. good. Uh, that's, well done. that's a good call. That. Take like your that. bat and your ball and go home. Okay. So, so anyways, yeah. on from that, I think uh, I've got a bit of a listing of the top players that I think, and I kind of want to run through this. I want to get your take on it. Happy to, to bounce my opinion out there as well. But first off the board for me, in a fantasy sense, is Jonathan Taylor. Wisconsin running back, uh, huge numbers, a lot of wear and tear, I suppose, you would be a little bit concerned about. Don't think that's, that is what it used to be. I'm going to throw that out there. But he has the athletic abilities. He showed out at the combine. Obviously, a lot of this discussion is going to uh, – depend on where they land because that is huge in the NFL, uh, in, in the landing spot, the environment, the coaching staff, all of that stuff. But Jonathan Taylor, for me, is probably the standout running back prospect. How do you, how do you feel about his prospects moving forward? Um, I thought he was, to be honest, and, and I've said this before on the show, I thought he was a system product and... <laughs> And to me, his combine results really surprised me. Uh, and so to his credit, I, I honestly, I, I've got to stop doubting him because I know he put up the um, massive numbers that he he did in college football. And, and I thought that he was just, you know, he, he comes out of a program that continues to put up crazy offensive linemen. Um, but we heard so much this year about, you know, Travis Etienne, um, we heard so much about, you know, quite a, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, quite a plethora actually of, um, you know, running backs that that we thought were going to go and take over college football. And, and, and we always talked about the wide receiver class as being elite this year. But I thought there was actually an opportunity for the, uh, for the running backs to, to take a real shine off that. And, you know, you've got some guys like DeAndre Swift out of Georgia is a probably a pretty good example. Not that I was particularly high on him. I thought Zach Moss was fantastic. Uh, I thought J.K. Dobbins was amazing at, at Ohio State, and the and the other one that gets often gets forgotten in a really bad situation last year out of Florida State was Cam Akers. Um, but you do have a situation where a lot of those guys are flawed in some way or shape or form. That Jonathan Taylor, I don't think is anymore. I mean, he ran a sub four forty at the combine. I think it was a four four. Uh, he's not massive. Was he four four? Yeah. Um, but he was. I mean, he was fantastic. His numbers came out to be better than I thought he would be. Uh, he's not massive in terms of height, but he's he's a good size. He can clearly handle the workload. He's good in the pass and run, which we can't say the same for Zach Moss. We know that he can pass block pretty well. He's good with the ball in his hands, but is he that really good third down back? We don't know that yet. 
I think that is uh, one of the, the knocks on Jonathan Taylor, though. I think with Jonathan Taylor, he didn't have a huge passing uh, requirement at Wisconsin. He was very much, no. very, very much carry the ball. I think he has the ability to do it, and I think he's going to surprise a few with his breakout. Like I'm huge on him. I, I fully expect him to eventually turn into a top five running back in the league. Like uh, I think he has that talent, uh, but okay. he. He hasn't probably shown that receiving ability to give you that true three-down capability, and I think he's got it. Yeah, I think he does too. But, I mean, where do you sit these guys? Again, talking about the wide receiver class, but we look at Josh Jacobs last year from Alabama. We had Miles Sanders, um, Daryl Henderson. Who else was there in that group last year? Uh, David David Montgomery. Montgomery out of Iowa State. Um, and Devin Singletary, Devin Singletary out of Florida Atlantic. So certainly a stronger class this year, I think. And I don't know. I just I'm I'm hesitant on the on the Jonathan Taylor. I think taking a running back in the first round from a from an NFL perspective, I I don't know if I'm taking a running back in the first round this year. Even though he's probably slate, he'll go in the first round. In terms of fantasy draft, he's got to be up there. I, I mean, you've got to take running backs early. And if you've got, like in your situation, where there is no uh, existing players in that draft and it's simply the rookies only, I mean, Jonathan Taylor has to be one of the first guys off the board. Yep. No, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, he's he's a special talent and I'm looking forward to see how he breaks out. I think he will prove him and a few others will prove to be a lot better than last year's fantasy class. I think at both running back and wide receiver position this year, there's a, a, a big number of players who will slot in like Josh Jacobs, probably the best running back last year's class. I think there's a few that yeah. will go on to be better than that this year and that's probably a good lead into deandre swift so he's the other consensus top back that people talk about i know you've kind of been a bit down on him uh from georgia yeah, in terms never, of what he's produced you've never been huge on him no i i think at the, at the next level he will struggle i've never i will concede that i've never been a great pick of running backs and their projection moving forward but I don't see it from DeAndre Swift I think he's he's in that third like he's a he's a bit lighter in the pants he's a bit shorter a bit smaller he's got a fantastic step he's super agile which is where Jonathan Taylor's straight line speed is fantastic DeAndre Swift has got more lateral ability more wiggle than what Jonathan Taylor does but he doesn't see the he doesn't see the game quite as well as what the Wisconsin back can, and to me, I just think DeAndre Swift is he will be a journeyman in the NFL. I don't see that he's going to do anything that's going to change the game. And again, I could be horribly wrong about that, but I I don't see it as an as an every down back where you think that he's going to take the game away from you and we look at what's happened with Todd Gurley um, and you know some other some of these other big t- name running backs in the NFL and I mean and, and whilst the position continues to be devalued at the next level I just don't see it from DeAndre Swift I don't know why I think he looked fantastic at the college level he was elite in one-on-one situations and you did not want to be tackling him in the open field but you're not going to get the open lanes in the nfl that you're going to get 
from that Georgia offensive line last year, you're not going to be able to just out blitz everybody in terms of speed at the next level. So I just, I'm skeptical of him and I'd be avoiding him like the plague. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because I disagree with you there. I I think he's got all the makings of a very, very good running back. He could be an RB1 at a number of locations. Obviously, that landing spot is going to be critical for him. But I I think he is a true three-down option. Like, he can catch the ball. Yes, he's only Mm, five foot eight, but his receiving skills are uh, extraordinary. Like, they are That's his strength. That's his strength. So he needs to be in an environment and an offense that's going to make him catch the ball 50 times in a season. He, yep. I don't, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and, he, um, yeah, exactly right. That's what we're talking about, the situation he needs to get in. But there's, you know, Christian McCaffrey is lighting up the league now as a receiving yeah. back. And, and he has that similar skill set from that side of things. Obviously, yeah, you that's, know, that's best case that's scenario. A, but That's actually a fairly okay comparison um i mean i haven't looked at the numbers so i'm not going to talk weight and height and that sort of stuff but i remember christian mccaffrey coming out and and people thinking i mean deandre swift isn't in his level in terms of the expectation i think when christian mccaffrey came out they're like yeah he's going to be really really good at the next level i don't think they expect him to do what he's done but I just I think DeAndre Swift is a poor man's version of that. He, you know, he and, and the knock the knock on McCaffrey was that he couldn't run between the tackles. We've now found out that that's not accurate, but I see the same question marks around DeAndre Swift. Yeah, okay, okay. All right, we'll move on to a couple of receivers: Ceedee Lamb and yep. Jerry Judy. Who who do you like I out mean, of these two, and why? I I don't. No. <laughs> good, good. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm hesitant on both. C.D. Lamb plays smaller than his size, which is rare. Like he's 6'2", nearly 200 pounds, but a- appears and plays in that Oklahoma, that wide open Oklahoma offense like he's super, super fast. And he always gets open. He's got some real wiggle to him. They used him so much on bubble screens and... Um, even some now screens and things like that where they could just get him the ball quickly and make him do things. I can't remember the game. Was it West Virginia? No, it wasn't even West Virginia. It was a bigger game than that where he just went bananas, caught four touchdowns, and no one looked like they could tackle him. Um, Whereas Jerry Judy, to me, is the opposite. He's more athletic. He's a more polished route runner. He's faster in terms of straight line speed. He's smaller, but to me, appears more physical and less dynamic at the same time. So where where, where does that leave you? I don't know. I'm skeptical of C.D. Lamb. He always had question marks around his weight and his ability to be able to absorb contact that he worked very hard on to his credit. I mean, I love the guy. You, you hear him speak and He's extremely humble, extremely hardworking, and that's what you want out of out of an NFL player, which is fantastic for him. But I think I'm taking Jerry Judy. I think he's just a more polished operator. I was very disappointed. I know Miami was in the ballpark kind of sort of for him um, when Mark Rick was the coach at Miami and, and 
he flirted with the idea of hanging around and staying local to the Canes and he was a massive loss to Alabama and he just he just continues to impress though and I, I want to find reasons to doubt him but to me I, I'm taking Jerry Judy. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Uh, I think there might be a bit of internal bias there. So I, I'm acknowledging that. <laughs> but Jer- Jerry Judy has been kind of a, a special talent for a couple of years. And although mm-hmm. this year his numbers probably weren't what you would want to see from a guy that you're investing potentially a top 10 pick in because, you know, he has the potential to go there. Like you, you normally want that guy to light it up and absolutely dominate. His issue is he was playing on a team with like literally three other first round wide receiver talents. Yeah. Um, and that that's kind of going to eat into your ability to just dominate and put up, you know, 1,800 yards receiving. I think everyone raves about his route running and yeah. how, how clean and crisp it is and how next level it is. And that's a huge, huge skill to have at that NFL. Like that translates well. I think yeah. that kind of shiftiness and, and ability to break tackles, probably not so much. You, you see a lot of guys yeah. at the college level who have that and at against subpar athletes. I mean, don't get me wrong, all of these guys would smoke anyone in a regular sense. But like, you know, non-elite athletes, they're able to make them look a bit silly. But then when you take that next step up, everyone's an elite athlete and you, that guy doesn't miss anymore. That tackle doesn't get missed. Yeah. It's a lot harder no. to do that. Where route running and you know being able to create separation is something that he has down to a fine art. So I, I just back him in as a fairly safe lock to have a very successful NFL career. Yeah, um, and and I yeah I hundred percent agree with you. And I just want to continue to peel down this list, which is freaking deep. So you've got Henry Ruggs. The Alabama wide receiver, um, who I, whilst he's a, he's a burner, I'm not massive on him because I'm always skeptical of burners. Uh, I don't know what I think. I think because you've got to have the situation perfect in the NFL. You've got to have a quarterback that can hit the deep ball. You've got to have an offense that is designed to throw the deep ball, and they don't come around that often. Um, so you you can't just go, oh, you know, we're going to pick a speed guy because that's what we need. You've got to have a coach that knows how to, to run that system. And you look at Bruce Arians maybe when he was at uh, Arizona and he knows to get how to how to get the deep ball going. You have a look at, uh, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. They know how to get the deep ball going with Andy Reid. The New England Patriots and Tom Brady, perhaps not so much. You know, they obviously he's not there anymore. But you've got to have the right system. So I'm skeptical. They, I mean, of guys, they did but, back in the time. They did that when they had Randy Moss. They were taking the top off. They yeah, they, they had guys. They were. They I mean, Randy Moss had Randy Moss had one route and he ran it all the way to the Hall of Fame. But him and KJ Hamler, like I don't know, how do you pick the difference between someone like a Henry Ruggs and a KJ Hamler? They're both burners. They both run. You know, super, super it's a, fast. It's a different both... speed, dude. It's a different speed. Henry Ruggs is like, uh, like you know, Olympic level sprinter. Like there, there are fast because all of these dudes are fast. Then there's faster, like your KJ Hamler, and then there is Henry Ruggs. Like he's in that elite four yeah. two range 
speed. He is, but again, we've had four two guys before that correct, have flamed correct. out hard. So I, I think the I way just, that they're going, the, like the, the, the hardest one, the hardest one to pick in the world is picking the right deep ball burner. I, I, I don't know how you pick that. Yeah. And, well, and I don't, I, and I don't know that NFL teams have got that right yet either. They haven't, but I, I also think the game has changed a little bit in how things get schemed up. I think the, there are, they're, they're a little bit more dynamic in their passing uh, game and the coordination of that, and this gives you an, a new piece on the chessboard. Previously, you know, they've, they've, they've always kind of considered this stuff, but these guys didn't have things built for them. It was, you know, you run the nine route and you'll drag some some defenders over with you. Now yeah. it's it's a little bit more advanced than that, and they know that they can really move this this these types of players around to create touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, let's get on. We'll continue down this this kind of vein. So you've got a true number one in T Higgins. Where does he slot into it all? Uh, you've got Justin Jefferson, LaVisca Chenault, who I don't, I still don't know where he fits in. Like he, he, he hasn't put up great times in his, in his 40 time, which is a bit disappointing, but he always plays in a way that he seems to get open and can wiggle free on whether it's end arounds or, or quick hitting passes. He knows his way around the field. So he's fantastic. Jalen Rager, undersized uh, but was always Electric. considered kind of a, num- a number one. I never really had a lot of time for him, so I'd be avoiding him. But you've got Brandon Ayuk at Arizona State. We mentioned um, KJ Hamler, but Chase Claypool at Notre Dame, who's built more like a tight end but still ran you know, a 4-4-ish four, four as a wide receiver and is a big, big unit. Tyler Johnson, who came out of Minnesota, is massive. Colin Johnson, who always promised a lot at six foot five, but probably hasn't quite delivered as a Texas wide receiver, and he's not the first out of Texas to do that. Michael Pittman Jr. is an underrated guy, uh, the son of Michael Pittman, who was at the Arizona Cardinals for a long time and a running back in the NFL. Uh, if I keep cruising down the list even further, you've got Denzel Mims from Baylor. You've got Van Jefferson at Florida. You have got guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones, who at one stage I think was one of the top 10 uh, recruited players in the country coming out of high school. And you've got Quintus Cephas from Wisconsin as well. Benjamin Victor out of Florida, but then went to Ohio State. Like the... List is endless for wide receiver this year. All of those players are legit playmakers. Like it is insane how deep this year's uh, this crop of wide receivers is. It's it's absolutely amazing. Denzel Mims had a huge uh, combine and really pumped up his stock. Yep. Uh, same with Donovan Peoples Jones. Like we all knew he was an athlete. He was disappointing at Michigan in terms of he ne- never I broke blame out. The offense. Well, yeah, I think that's part of that's probably fair, but he he was jumping out the roof of the building. Like he he looks like he could become something. I'm more hesitant there. That that's one that I'm 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 not huge oh, on. I'm glad to hear that because very rarely are you hesitant on players. You're you're the perpetual optimist in in a lot of these spaces and I feel like all I do is criticize. So it's good. it's glad to hear that you, you know, 
I'm not always high on people. Yeah, okay. So if I was to throw you three running backs, uh, fuck, Mary kill, uh, <laughs> J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Cam Akers. What, who's who's your first that you're taking? Who's the one you're definitely not interested in? And who would you... So is this like marry, kiss, marry, snog? No, Whatever kid, it is, what is, yeah. It? Yeah. Uh, so who was it? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, J.K. Dobbins, and Cam Akers. I'm probably taking Cam Akers. I think that he was a do-it-all guy at Florida State in a situation, you know, he had Kendall Bryars as the offensive coordinator and they could... And Willie Taggart, who was a mess, he he was fantastic the way he went about it despite Florida State's down situation. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I like, but I'm not seeing it out of him. I think he was out of a very good system, and that's so harsh on him. And we've, we heard, we've heard that out of so many offensive players in the past is, you know, they're a, they're a product of their system, and, and, and that is harsh, but he was in the number one offense maybe of all time and did a really, really, really good job, but I would have question marks around him because I don't think he's elite in anything. And when we're at the NFL level, a bit like in the AFL, you want to be elite at something, whether that is being a third down back, whether that's pass blocking, whether that's speed, whether that's you know, receiving out of the backfield. As a running back, you want to be elite at something. I don't think he's that. So he will have a role to play in the NFL and he'll be a good NFL back, but he's not going to be the guy that I want. And who was the last one you mentioned? Uh, J.K. Dobbins. I could actually see J.K. Dobbins, apart from the fact that I think his running technique is a little bit questionable. He has got breakaway speed. He's tough to bring down in the hole, can run between the tackles. Um, I would definitely be making out with him, I think. So I'd I'd marry Cam Akers, I'd snog J.K. Dobbins, and I would be turning loose Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. There you go. Well, that's an interesting one. I think uh, Edwards-Hilaire, that's probably fair that he's not a leader or anything. I think, like, I really like him because he's fun to watch. Like, his, yeah, oh, his running I mean, style can... is physical. The same with an A.J. Dillon, a Zach Moss. Yeah. Like, those guys are yeah, yeah, dudes yeah. that I... Uh, probably doesn't translate very well because you're getting yeah, but fucking beat up. I, I but it's good like fun to AJ watch. Dill- AJ Dillon's got a little bit of breakaway speed. And even in that, like those two guys and Zach Moss, like I'm not meeting those guys in the hole. And if you're getting four yards at beating the hell out of a linebacker with Zach Moss or um, AJ Dillon, I'm taking that at the NFL level. Like if you're getting, you know, three and a half, four yards of carry with those dudes just smashing guys up the middle, then hell, have at it, you know, and I'll take that because that's what they're good at and that's what Zach Moss is good at as well. So I'd almost rather take a fly, again, depends on the situation, but I just think that you want to be elite at something, whatever that is. The only space I'm skeptical of that is the elite speed at wide receiver, apparently. So I'm contradicting myself. But let us move on. Is there any other position that you would like to talk about in some more detail? No, I'd like us to jump into the the next segment. Perhaps we can spend a tiny, tiny bit on uh, Joe Burrow uh, and Tua Tagovailoa, uh, maybe Justin Herbert, 
as well. Any any of those guys stand out? Anyone you would be looking to stay away from? Thoughts on those? Um, I I think Tua is the one that you've got to be excited about. Whichever team gets Tua, Joe Burrow to me, ugh, I. I'm probably going to cop a lot of flack for this. And and like you said, he throws the best deep ball at the college level that you have probably seen. And I think that's more than fair. I just worry about in the same way that I, and it's not in the same way that I worry about Trevor Lawrence, but he was let go. Ohio State didn't predict what was going to happen. Even LSU didn't predict what was going to happen. So, you know, getting Joe Brady and, and having access to him and his mind was clearly a massive input into the success of Joe Burrow. If Joe Brady moved on to the NFL and Burrow was there next year, would he put up the same numbers, make things look as easy as he did this year? I would question that. I, I still feel like there's question marks around the his ability of fraction, even though those like... I'm 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 living in a deficiency model here. I'm looking for any tiny skerrick of error he made. He could throw the ball in tight windows. He could throw the deep ball fantastically well. Um, but I, I I think I just want to see it for multiple years, and that's really harsh because the things I'm saying are like, well, you know. I'm talking about products of system and I'm saying that Joe Burrow is a product of a system, but how is Tua not a product of a system? If I'm going to go in and bang the drum for him, then I, I can't then argue that he's not a product of a system as well because he yeah. plays with the best offensive line, one of the best defenses, a fantastic offensive coordinator every year. Uh, and an and elite wide know. receiver core. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, there's that, just something fair. about Joe Burrow that... I don't, and it's not that he's not going to be a good NFL quarterback. He will be. I just don't know that he's going to be a top five NFL quarterback. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. And and that's a long way to see that because we have only seen the one year with him. I think with Tua, it's an interesting one from the Alabama side of things because we haven't had a whole bunch of great Alabama quarterbacks. Like you had AJ AJ McCarron and a few others that... uh, you know, you expect the best program in football that has been for the last, whatever, 15 years, that they yeah. would always have the best quarterbacks. But that wasn't necessarily the case. They always had an elite defense and were let down, if anything, by the quarterback play. Tua yeah. kind of flipped that. Tua really flipped that yeah, for that program did. where all of a sudden they were putting up 50 points on average and he was making the game look stupid. Like he was throwing more... Uh, well, there were, what was it? Fewer incompletions than touchdowns. Touchdowns, like it's it's just silly. But I don't know. He is a special talent. I still think he sits a year, and and you kind of got to play the long game with him wherever he ends up. Uh, Joe Burrow, I I'm big on. I think he could be great. I think he has the the right mental makeup for the next level. And I mean, it's going to be Cincinnati. They've got an offensive thinking coach i think they, they don't quite have the pieces around they've, they've got some decent tools there with aj green uh and that woman beating joe mixon uh <laughs> don't like that don't like him 
Uh, the 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 speedster <laughs> in Ross. He was an Oklahoma kid, wasn't he? Well, it wouldn't surprise me with uh, behaviour like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he's going to be a good one. Uh, I guess last thoughts before we jump off of this. You're obviously a, a big, big Joe Brady fan. Do you think Teddy B in the NFL has a big year at yeah. Carolina with him on board? New. Oh wait, is this the guy that threw for the least amount of yards per attempt through the air? Is that who you're talking about? That Teddy Bridgewater, who's who now has the great mind of Drew Brady behind him. He he does, and they've just picked up Robbie Anderson, I think. As yeah, well, another weapon deep from the New DJ Jets Moore, falling. Curtis Samuel. Uh, I mean that mate, that division is going to be hot to watch. Uh, they are. There have got you know players all over the place in in that one. So I'm really excited about the NFC South, and and I'll get to a little bit of a point in a sec. But no, I I I don't know. I I have never been a big follower of coaches, but I'll be really excited to have a look at Matt Rule because I was a big fan of his both at Temple and then in Waco, Texas as well with Baylor. So I'll be really looking forward to see how he does with Carolina. Apparently he's one of the nicest dudes in the NFL as well. So I'll, I, I've always hated Carolina. I, sh- I didn't like Cam Newton, but now they've released him. Riverboat Ron was okay, but he's Keekly, Yeah, I know, but yeah, he's really just bringing in old Carolina Panthers to the Washington Redskins now. So I don't know how that's going to hold up for the skins, but yeah, well done to him. Uh, I, you know, I just want to see. I want to see that it can translate. That's what I want to see. Okay, I want to yeah. see that. Well, I think the college game can I translate Carolina, into the NFL because I think Carolina become the uh, college football fan team of the NFL. Like I think there is that common sentiment great now. Shout. That, I think that's a great shout, and, I, and I'll, I'll give that up this season. More than happy to give that up this season. I'll say, yep, I'm I'm aboard Carolina this year. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you because I'm I'm interested to see how those guys play out. It, it would the only thing that would make it better is if one of the quarterbacks ended up landing there. If they didn't have Teddy B, if they, if they if they end up drafting someone who can challenge for it, I see that they took PJ Walker. Yeah, certainly. Like that's if a you real possibility. if you look at his contract as well, it's something like they're paying him mid mid money this year, like mid starter level money this year, and they're only on the hook for ten mil next year. So they could certainly draft yeah. someone, and that's a that's a viable solution for them. Yeah, for sure. So. Let's get around the Panthers. They could be the team of college football down under, which would be nice. Um, the last thing I will add around this is the fact that I really want this season to go ahead in a selfish sense because I'm excited about. Is there any other the sort of sense? I was excited. Hey, is there any other sort of sense? No. Well, I mean, the Bucks have been hard to follow the last few years, and and we knew what we were getting with Jameis this year. Like, oh yeah, he's going to throw for heaps of yards, but he was going to turn the fucking ball over a shitload. We knew that was happening, so it's it's nice to be a little bit more excited. And again, this could go down in a flaming heap with Tom Brady, who may not be able to push the ball past about eight yards, despite their offensive weapons. But I'm excited about what's happening in Tampa from a professional sense. And I was really excited about Derek King and, and you know, a, a new spread open offense for the Canes to go along with a defense that should be pretty good again. 
and and maybe looking in a in a conference that's not particularly strong. You've got an up and coming, you know, North Carolina, Virginia Tech. We're not sure on. Uh, Louisville appear to be on the up and up. Florida State new coach in Norvell, but we're not sure what to expect from him. So there's a really good opportunity for the Canes under Manny Diaz to to hopefully get going. And I think if he blows this year, then it would be it would be curtains for him. But I was, you know, from all reports, and I know you need to be careful about stuff coming out of spring practice, but Derek King is making a massive change in the expectation of what's going on there at Coral Gables. So it was nice to be excited for, for both programs in the same year because that is rare. It would not be a college football off-season without a bit of excitement down in Coral Gables, without a fucking oh, no, no. The U is back well before it being deserved in any way, shape or form. I like that you're back and on board. You were certainly off last year. You were down. You were a bit upset. Mate. But it seems like you're back on board, so... We need to get football just so we can see that play out and we can watch your fucking heart, <laughs> Temple of Doom style, get ripped from your body while still beating. I mean, because that's the, and, what the fans and, want. And there is, uh, yeah, exactly. And there is that real situation that could occur and I am prepared for that, but I'm going to live with my heart on my sleeve again this year. If not, it will turn to a heart of stone. That's the only way to be. every... For every future season, I could see myself becoming similar to what a Cleveland Brand, Browns fan would feel. It's like, oh, here we go again. We could, oh, no, nah, it's where 0-3, sick. Okay, yay. Am I ready to get um, hurt again? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, there was so many good things to be excited about and you don't need to be that great to win the ACC is the well, other thing outside to of win the ACC you do but to win the ACC championship not so much yeah I mean don't get me wrong I would be just, happy to get to the championship game in Charlotte and get bent over by just Trevor please Lawrence, tell so. me you haven't scheduled like an Alabama or LSU or someone first round again this year then you'll be right uh, Alabama's next year dude Alabama's okay. next year we've got Michigan State that's doable. In, they got a new head coach. You'll well, fucking, you'll wipe and, them. Well, uh, because they'll score at least between one to three points. <laughs> and I feel like with the new open offense, we might be able to win that game. Yeah, things are looking good. I'm, I'm happy for you. All right, let's keep this train rolling. Let's let's finish off with my, my build the program segment. So we were throwing yep. ideas around. What do we want to talk about? Because not a lot of this show has been college football. So if you've made it through to this point in the show, well done. Like, thank you. Yeah. Obviously the isolation really has you desperate clamoring for shit to listen to. So thrilled to have you on board, but this, this is a bit of a, an opportunity for the two of us to give our, preferences i suppose or talk about things we really like in college football so we we want to go through and build a program a fictitious program where we're kind of cherry picking the best parts of a number of different schools so i'm going to list out a whole bunch of uh groups of things or, or criteria and then the two of us are going to see if we can't land on what we would take as our choice for that part of the program so to kick things off i think we need to pick a stadium our team our, our team needs to play in a stadium of all the stadiums that are available in the college football landscape 
What do you think? Where do you think we should play out of? I mean, it has to be big. Uh, 100,000 plus. 100,000 plus, which doesn't leave heaps of places. I mean, there's like 10 of them or some shit. Yeah, I think like the the SEC holds a fair. Um, Before we jump into that, is, is is there a smaller one that might make the list here? So a smaller one that you think oh, it's got it's got some sort of appeal to it, like a some like charm. an Ortson. Uh, it's it's a nice stadium. It's really loud there. It, it's known for its its noise levels. Yeah, I I didn't. I mean, I didn't get any great feeling about Watson Stadium, if I'm honest. It was I, fucking cold when we were there. It was freezing and the sun was out at the same time, which is horrifying. But I, to me, nothing in the Pac-12 really got my juices flowing. And, and that comes into something else that we'll talk about later in terms of fandom as well. So there's more than one aspect that plays into stadium. But... I mean, a lot of the Big Ten stuff you've got to get excited about, whether that's State College with Penn State and playing in Death Valley looks epic. Uh, and, and we've never been to Big Ten country, so it makes it pretty hard for us in that space. But yep. and, and the Big House for Michigan looks amazing. I guess the one that felt like it didn't have a lot of personality that was a big stadium was College Station okay. with Texas A&M. So I'm going to say Tiger Stadium. I think... LSU was so much fun. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know how you go past the eye at midfield and the feeling of being close but not a small stadium. Yeah, great um, call. Great call. I, I, yeah, I, that I be, really like that. Probably where I'd go. I, I, I can follow you in a moment. So I was thinking like immediately my, my thought goes to like the, the horseshoe. Um, yeah, that was my other one. The shoe, Columbus, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Tuscaloosa, massive, massive stadium there, nice one. Like Tennessee is a big one, but when we were there, I think the ones we went to not on game day, you obviously lose a lot of the luster there. You kind of walk yeah, around, like because I went to College Station when there was a game on, and that was intense. Yeah. Like I loved it, and that was yeah, before yeah. they had the the whole new side bit filled in. So it was short, like 20,000 fans. And then when we went there, there were no fans. We walk around, you're like, oh yeah, this is big, but ain't nothing happening. So let's let's go LSU, bang. Tiger Stadium is where we are playing out of. Cool. Okay. All right. Tradition. You wanted to go with college tradition. Yes. So what is the tradition that a, a college has that we want our team to emulate as well? So things like, you know, Howard's Rock, uh, touching the sign in Notre Dame on the way out. Uh, you, you've got the Iowa wave. Uh, That's a rel- new. A relatively new call. one. But uh, yeah. it, 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 get, it garners a lot of fanfare. It's nice. It does. They, they wave to the kids in the hospital, so that's great. Uh, anything else that's jumping out at you? Um, I, I think when I look at tradition, I think of the the commitment to the fans and, and the I think of tradition very differently, I think, to what you do. And I look at the old school side of things and I look at how long something's been exist in existence for and and can the players really feel that? And whilst we don't, it's not something that we really experience too much here in Australia, but when you walk through like the MCG locker rooms and you see like the painted 
uh, lockers of the individual players or, you know, things like that. I could, I could lean into some of the Ivy League stuff, whether it's a Princeton or a Yale or a Harvard. I could see why people would get into Notre Dame. But to me, you've either got to pick something from the Big Ten or I loved my time at Old Miss. I thought from a tradition perspective, they felt like they knew what they were about. The South will rise again. So what do you think of like uh, the Grove sort of set up there? As, as yeah, a, as which, a which probably thing? again leans into the the fandom side it does of things. A bit. Let, let me, what about, about what about, I think I've, I think I've got something that rolling the corner, uh, Tumor's corner, War Eagle. Yeah, that's weird until it gets poisoned by a psycho fan. Well, that's kind of what um, plays into it, though. That's what makes it even even cooler, right? Like you had that level of insanity from an opposing team, but they still get around it. Like after wins, they all get there. They fucking hang over whatever's left there now. I really like that. Yeah, I think our team should be doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, any of this stuff really when it comes to a tradition. I mean, you could look at – the the uniforms out of Michigan, which you know, which have not changed, and and all that sort of stuff because of tradition, and, and I mean Alabama is the same. Their uniforms are exactly the same. They don't move. Penn State's the same. So there's so many, and and I love that side of things. I think Australia has always, and Australians have always uh, been quite patriotic and associated very well with tradition, without having the longevity that things like college football have so i could see anyone being attracted to any kind of program from that perspective okay. but you're picking probably sec or big 10 well we'll rock it we'll lock in roll in the corner there how's that sound okay right. yeah we'll take your we'll take your suggestions so. cool all right next up yep. uh we need a uniform our players need to play in uh, a kit uh, if we're, we've obviously got the two angles here, so you can go tradition, you can go your Michigan, you can go your Alabama, you can go your Oklahoma. Not a lot of not a lot happening in those spaces. Fairly yeah. up and down, or you can go the other end. You can go your Oregon, uh, you can go yeah. your Maryland, you can go your Oklahoma yeah. State. I'm gonna throw out they they yeah. they pull together some yeah, some pretty you, funky you, unis. You've got a fair bit going on. Uh, where, where are you leaning in this one, my man? Um, I'm big in the traditional space, so I love the clean traditional looks. But I also love nothing gets me more like I, I love the idea of being able to mix and match different pieces. So that leaves me halfway between and what's it's halfway between i've got absolutely no idea um but yeah i I would probably lean into the traditional side of things more so but something with something with a bit of flair i I don't think you need to go as extreme as as uh oregon in terms of playing in um like pinks to yellows to greens to grays to different greens, to different pinks. Like, I don't need to do that, but I like the idea of being able to mix it up. And I think actually a team that, I don't want to actually admit this, but a team that actually does it pretty well is Oklahoma State. They play in greys, they play in oranges, they play in blacks, and they mix those up really, really well, but they stay true to what they are, which is a whole bunch. Oh, you've got coronavirus, dude. Oh, corona. You've got fucking corona. You need to get tested. For what? You're done. 
Oh, <laughs> yep. Sweet. So I would probably go with OK State, and I can't think of anyone else who's in the similar. Maybe like Memphis. Memphis have got a fair bit going on. That's, that's nah, nah, I like that. Let's lock in Oklahoma State. Done. Oh, Best uniforms right. in college football as agreed by the boys at College Football Down Under. Next, okay. next up. Mascot. Mascot. Uh, I'm taking puddles from Oregon. I like that he comes in on a bike. He does some push-ups. He's active. He's kind of cool looking. Um, there's some there's some uh, there's some guys that aren't cool looking. Like the Penn State Nittany Lion looks like what the fuck is that? It looks like grandma's knitted bear. I, I hate the Stanford like one. I hate that tree. I don't know what You've it is. Never been I big on that. Fucking yeah. hate the tree, man. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. just hate it. Yeah. So I'm taking puddles. Okay, uh, I'm I'm cool with that. Like he is cool. He's got the badass bike. He does the push ups, and they do a lot of push ups because they used to score a lot. <laughs> uh, like I guess if I was throwing out other what like Ralphie, the buffalo. Yeah, that's sweet. Actually, he's, a live animal. He's a boss. Like live now. Like I'm a dog guy too. So I think like Ugger. Uh, yeah, but I like it. I, I like it. if I'm picking an animal, I want an animal that's borderline out of control. And Ralphie Ooh. is definitely yeah, that, exactly right. Or Mike the Tiger at LSU, or Bevo. Yeah, Bevo. Like had had that like, fucking um coming at you, mate. <laughs> yeah. And they come off. He was going to get him. I'm, I'm happy him. for us to go with puddles. So we'll take the Oregon Duck as our mascot. Yeah. Uh, next one up. You weren't thrilled that I was trying to get this in here. I don't know if that's because <laughs> you think Jess listens to this and you were trying to get yourself she does, some points. She definitely does not listen to this. No one listens to this. But uh, we we need a cheer that. squad. We need a group of girls to support us from uh, an institution. So if we had to pick uh, a school where we would we would get the cheer squad from, because they're all you know incredible athletes in their own right, where would you select? <laughs> I remember the Ferrisex from Georgia being particularly good in their choreography coordination and uh, just general management of the crowd. I don't know why there was there's like there's there's a few groups when it comes to the cheering component. So it's not just the cheerleaders. It could be like a a pom squad or yeah, there's the- there's the little gremlins who do all the flips and stuff. Not, yeah. not who we're so interested about here. We're talking <laughs> pom squad. These are the ones that just kind of like the hip hop dancers types. Yeah, well they Is just that what you're getting at? they they've got like the the poms. I guess you know aptly named pom pom yeah. pom squad, and and they just like look really good and stand there and clap yeah. and shit. So that's okay. how we're looking. I'm going with. I remember Georgia. Georgia stands out to me. There was a few where I was like, oh, this is so good. We're meeting cheerleaders for the first time. You, I don't like, I don't know. Have you been like to like Waffle House for like the last hundred meals you've eaten? Because you you shouldn't have been, but that's where we're at right now. So yeah, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of build up in there. There's a bit of expectation. You know, yeah, oh, this like movie's this the best. Does Everyone's Dallas. talking it up. This movie's the best. You're going to love it. And then you go and see it. And you're like, yeah, it was all right. But compared to what you were yeah. saying, there's a bit of that yeah. with some of them. Uh, certainly yeah. the Georgia girls that we saw were phenomenal. I know like every... every- I mean, you're probably going to... I know, actually. I know. Well, maybe Jess has got Corona as well. She, um, she's listening. 
I mean, like, I'm just assuming Arizona State. Yeah. For a whole cast of reasons that were. Yeah. What a delightful time. Yeah. Certainly, certainly be out there. I mean, the the USC girls. Oh yeah, but that's because that's a uniform thing for you. Nah, that may yeah that that may be a me thing, but that's what we're talking about here. So same deal with Texas, the Texas girls. <laughs> so you just want short skirts, little, plenty of like midriff showing cheerleaders, dude. Of course, that's what I fucking you want. Misogynistic pig. I, I've right. got a card. So, I got a daughter. I'm in the clear. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Well, you're just a weirdo. <laughs> okay let's take one of georgia and usc uh, i'm locking in usc well, thanks both. we'll take, uh, the, we'll take uh, the best of we'll both. take half and half okay like who's that. choosing that trump <laughs> uh let's move on to the head coach okay head coach uh let's keep this short and sharp i think if you're building a program i mean the obvious answers are probably someone like an urban Meyer who's obviously in the media he is like one hard season away from a heart attack he is known to have blood pressure through the roof so I'm going to avoid him Nick Saban doesn't have long on this planet so let's avoid him I'm taking Lincoln Riley I think as an offensive coordinator he's fantastic uh, you get him in a situation in the right situation where the you know, the reputation of the Big 12 is that they don't play defense, so he's struggling to recruit in that space. If he moves to the SEC, we know that he can run the offense, and then you're going to get these big, juicy dudes to play in that front seven who are just like, yeah, I'm from the SEC, I play defense, this is what we do, that get on board his game style, he's young, he's innovative. I'm, I'm taking Lincoln Riley. So my selection for... Uh, the insane drive that really deteriorates your health and fucks you as a human is Chris Peterson. Like he, he's shown that now. He's had to step away because the dude's fucking cooked. Yeah, but, but that's what we're saying, right? Like Urban Meyer, similar, similar. They, they work themselves into the ground because they are that level of perfectionist, and and they get after it. Uh, so I've always been big on him. I think the right answer here is Davo Sweeney. I, I don't see any reality where that's not the case. Like, yeah, what he's built he's at Clemson also, there. Yeah, I mean, sorry, as I crack my stout. Um, that's it. We're on to number three. I just, the only thing, the only reservation I have around Darbo Swinney is the fact that he wouldn't fit in at every school. I think that is probably pretty obvious. Um, his his demeanor and his sense. He, he's an Alabama guy. He, you know, that's where he will end up when Saban retires. I think that's probably pretty clear at this point. But to me, I, I just, I don't see it as someone that is going to be an everywhere kind of guy. He's He needs to be in the South. And that to me is where Lincoln Riley comes good. <sighs> All right, I will, I'll take Lincoln Riley. I'm not. Overly we can rock paper scissors. Let's rock paper. No, let's rock yep. paper scissors. This. All right. Okay. Wait, are we on shoot or what? Rock paper scissors. This is oh, great radio. We both did scissors. <laughs> rock paper scissors. We both did paper. What? <laughs> this is fucking horrific. All right, rock paper scissors. We both did rock. Rock. Okay. 
Rock, paper, scissors. We both did rock. Rock, <laughs> rock paper, scissors. Yeah. Darbo it is. Darbo it is. Beauty. Do you know how good doing something visually is on a podcast? I'm sure everyone loves it. Absolutely loves it. All right, fans. Fandom, you've got to take someone from the SEC. It does feel like that. Yeah. It's not it's not even in question. Um It's gotta be Alabama, right? Roll tide. Yeah, I mean the fact that that's how they talk, like that's a that's that's how they finish a sentence. Uh they poison trees. They poison trees. Not only that, you get a situation where in a town of what three hundred thousand people, or not even that, two hundred thousand people, they get like three hundred and eighty thousand people there on game day. The Bama fandom is out of control. I would not want to be on the receiving end of a negative play from them. It wouldn't matter what it is. Like I could be a running back, my first carry. If I go for two yards on my first carry, I know that I'm going to get fucking ripped a new one by some fan somewhere. So I just, that would be what scares me. But in terms of if you're good, man, they just get out and about for you. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm, I'm, I'll I'll take Bama. Roll Tide, yo. Let's lock it in. Roll Tide. All right. Last, Last but not least, we need to find a campus for our program to operate out of so where are we going to be based out of we've got a stadium but well, where, want, where does it live i want somewhere coastal i think like i mean australia we're all born and bred by the coast so i feel like i want somewhere coastal but that leaves the california schools in la i suppose and you know like a san diego i feel like san diego state would be okay yeah I mean, Actually, I've, I have no idea what their campus is like, but it it sounds nice. I know they party balls there, so yeah, yeah. No I mean, I think if you let's go coastal, you kind of lose a lot in terms of like your Colorado's, your Boulder there. I think that would that's yeah. That's I mean, Boulder would be epic. Like, and I mean, that's the other thing that we don't have here is genuine mountains. So you can pick anywhere in the Rockies, and you're going to get a sweet time and and but it's cold and we don't like the cold we we don't like the cold but it's not cold all year round so you know you've you've got to live it up in the summertime i'd rather that than like the northeast like i'm not going to fucking i don't know madison madison or because like uh, that's like that's an incredible college town don't get me wrong but we don't yeah, want to yeah, be yeah. there. Like we'll have no, that same don't. incredible college feeling, just not there. In, in Texas, we were yeah. in Texas or Florida <laughs> or somewhere where you know people don't give a shit the about paying taxes. Yeah, yeah, and the sun shines all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I anywhere in I Florida, don't you're a Florida you, guy. Exactly. Is there anywhere in Florida? Yeah, that- so like I'll take Florida, Texas, or California. So I'll defer to you. I feel like California is the weather that's similar to Australia. So I'm more than happy to avoid that. I, I, I don't mind some some tropics. So let's why not Florida? Yeah, yeah. But, you, I mean, you know the Florida schools. Is there any one particular, any campus that you think stands out from a Florida Um I mean, I, I didn't think Gainesville was that special. I mean, it is an SEC school. It's, it's, a, it's a college football school. I found um, Tallahassee 
far more enjoyable. It's a little more redneck, don't get me wrong. Certainly. But, but, you know, if you want tropics and sunshine all year round and you want good food and you want good culture, man, take Miami and go South Florida. But I'm not doing that. Like, I don't want to do what that. About I'd Austin? Rather take what California. about Austin, Austin, Texas? Well, I love now, that place. Now you're talking. Love now that you're talking. Place. I've never been to Austin, Texas, but I hear, I mean, it's the biggest city without a professional sports team. It is, you know, you're going to get a mix of not just crazy college fans, but you're going to get a little bit more dynamic diversity. So, yeah, why, why not? Let's That's, take Austin, Texas. Fuck yeah, I love that place. Six straight all day. I mean, we're missing some outdoor activities that you would get in a Boulder, Colorado. Um, but they can't be that far away. No, we'll pack the We've got to be able to find somewhere to climb or somewhere to kayak or something. You've got to be able to do something. Absolutely, man. Or well, we that's great. Go to this, Tempe. This program rocks. This program yeah. rocks. Yeah, obviously. What are we going to be called? The Hills Dillon Panthers. It's a really good name. I really like that. <laughs> it's exceptional. You just come up with that. We All right. Do that. Okay. This has been good. Okay. This has been good. How long have we been fucking chewing the fat for here? We Over an been... hour. Over an hour. Over an hour. This is monstrous. Um, I'm going to quickly bring up some things which you're not going to like because you never like going over now but we've overcooked it already and the fans the fans want stuff so we we will have a little bit more stuff going on um and you know we're going to get in we will get some more college football content there'll be a few more bits and pieces going on um we know or i you know have been in contact with people and there's a couple of australian guys that have signed in the last week to head over to america i think we've had four in the last week that have signed um so congratulations to those boys yeah absolutely Um, i think that's probably a really important thing to mention at this point that we have spoken about it before to say we're going to get in contact with a few of the boys but we're actually making some headway in that at the moment so we're reaching out where we're going to try and line up some interviews we want to get more access to the guys that are over there playing it and, and living the dream at the moment uh so we're really hoping to bring that this year uh and we're we're really confident we can do that. So I'm looking forward to having that aspect of the show because I think it's going to really grow things for us, which is cool. Yeah, for sure. And that's what, you know, that's what we're here for. We're here to connect um, Australians to a game that we're potentially a little bit foreign with, but that we think is absolutely amazing and and we can uh, provide an avenue to, to understanding the game and being involved in it. But before we, I mean, that pretty much brings an end to the the football segment of this show. But I do have a couple of things for you. Will, you always like to talk movies and TV. What have you watched recently? What are you into? What do we need to be focusing on as we head into lockdown? Into lockdown. So, I mean, Curb Your Enthusiasm's airing at the moment. I don't know. I know you don't like it, but I fucking love that show. Like, he is my spirit animal. Uh, His interactions with the public are exactly how I feel a lot of the time. So I, I can certainly relate to what he's got going on there. Um, there's, there's not a whole heap else that I've been getting into, to be honest, at the moment. There's Paradise PD. Well, that's not good. I think we, we mentioned um, that's on Netflix. It's crass. Like, you, you need to be kind of up for it. It's not great viewing with the little one, too. Like, if you have a two-year-old, Mm, I'm getting in trouble when I'm watching it with her. I think she's still at an age where she's not taking it in, but she takes fucking everything in. So I got to be real careful. 
real careful. Yeah. Um, I watched... What do you got? Oh, sorry. I watched The Dirt last night on Netflix, which is the Motley Crue documentary. Pretty good. Oh, holy shit. Holy shit. I mean, those dudes were... I don't even think they really portrayed how out of control they were that well. But if that mockumentary, I suppose, is more what it's like, is anything to to go by, those guys, they they did things right and they were a little bit psycho, full rock star, 80s, 90s style. I mean, they had a good run with it, but definitely worth a look. Um, If you're a little bit, you know, queasy in the stomach or you don't like cocaine inhalation, then do not watch that show. Uh, if you do, then you get to see the best of Nikki Six, Tommy Lee, and a few of the other boys. So, um, a, a really, really interesting one. I haven't really been watching much else. I think I'll hopefully get an opportunity to revisit some of the stuff from last year, whether it's the um, Washington State UCLA game that went bananas, whether it's the national championship game, because I always think watching it once is a little bit difficult. Uh, you don't really get a great sense of it the first time around. Uh, and, you know, there was a lot of games early in the season. I was thinking back, like I remember first season we we did this show and we we're like, oh, this season really never took off. And last year we we're like, man, this season's really taken off. And I think back now, I'm like, what were those games? What were those games where we had those amazing results? And I want to go back and revisit some of that sort of stuff Uh to, to be able to experience that again, I think is going to be really, really good. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to our mid-season shit show that we had, and I say shit show where we just kind of talk the shit, it, not that it was a yeah. shit show. Uh, if you listen to that, um, I think we listed off our top games early on, so great chance for you to go back, maybe re-listen to some of our older work. I yeah. think I, I only imagine it ages really well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Okay, lastly, our last topic for the night. What food do you recommend uh, people get into as they head into isolation time? Or what do we need to avoid potentially? Oh, look, I think the ship's fucking sailed by the looks of things. I went to the supermarket this afternoon uh, to pick up my my rations. Uh, and... By that, it was, yeah, you know, the stuff that I needed to pour into my booze. Uh, but I was also thinking, you know, I need, a, I need to hunger down. You go to the pasture aisle, clear it out, go to look for shit yeah, tickets, okay. fucking nothing. And we're getting real desperate in our household. I don't know where you're standing. But I was so adamantly against the panic buying. I'm like, fuck people who are doing that, that I obviously didn't partake in it. And now I'm just like wiping my ass with my hand. So who's the fucking yeah. loser here but i don't know I, I guess i had more faith in society and like i'm not one who places a great deal of faith in society but fuck's sake like are people now who have like a fucking room full of toilet paper still going and getting fucking more i don't see how we're running out how is that still a thing <sighs> that i mean i'm going to i'm going to avoid that whole question that you've asked me and i'm just going to say that we went for some fantastic uh afghan food the other night which was brilliant we've got some nepalese food near us which i know is still doing takeaway which is wicked um 
and I really, really rate that. I think if you're if you're like iffy on Indian food, then I would be like, you know what, get around some Nepalese stuff. So you're just eating out. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you are in that situation where, you know, we know that restaurants are closed, we know that bars are closed. So let's just take the uh, let's take the fast food version. And because all restaurants are doing fast food now, it doesn't matter what you are. You could be a Michelin star restaurant. You're doing fast food at this point. They're allowed to, yeah. Yeah, you you don't have a choice anymore. So, But when we go in lockdown, that's fucking off the table, mate. That's gone. That is. Now there's nothing. I'm just saying, get in in now, though. Get in now. Oh, I agree. Like, get them coming to your door. Make them leave it at the doorstep, though. Like, don't interact. Say, I bought online, leave it at the doorstep. And just like no social I mean, distancing to the max. I've been practicing social distancing for a long time, by the way. Like people talk about this like it's a new thing. Like do not get within an arm's distance of me. I am uncomfortable. Don't do that. So okay. I, I've been doing that for a while. I feel good. Uh, I've, I've got 30 bags of Doritos. I don't know if it's enough Doritos. 30. Yeah, well, fuck. 30. Lockdown. For three weeks, mate. So you're the, you're the prick that has taken all the Doritos. Well, you would think that there would be no Doritos, but I went there. Doritos were fully stocked, dude. There were heaps. There were, like, there were leftovers when I'd taken my 30, which I was shocked at. I would have thought more people would be getting Doritos. <laughs> this is what I'm dealing with. All right. That brings us to the end of a massively long and tedious at times show I'm but not tedious we, we, I, don't, I don't know how much college football we touched on but it was it was something it was it i mean things happened so we will be back soon again when this is we're not entirely sure but the quicker lockdown happens the more likely we are to be back on the airways again which will be fantastic and i've really enjoyed it mate like it's been good to get this back it's a catch up. You know, it's a catch up. It's it's, it's always it great to be here. I like our our visual audio thing we got going on. So people at home can't see I'm doing this thing with my hand that you know yeah, again like, doesn't work in an audio medium. But uh, we've got screens of each other up now so that we can kind of really I don't know. It, it adds. It, it, it's doing something for me. So that, that's yeah. enough, I suppose. Yeah, well, well done you. All right, now I will do a bit of a plug here. So make sure you do hit us up on Twitter and on Instagram at CFB Down Under because we always like that. And we've, you know, we've had such a good response. Like we've had a lot of people come and chat to us and say like, hey, when the hell are you guys going to do something again? And we're like, yeah, we'll, we'll do that soon. We promise. We didn't fulfill that promise, but we, you know, we've now done it. So here we are. It's been a, a really good run for, for last season and we consider ourselves back in the seat for season number three and I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon. So uh, thank you again for all your support and make sure you do hit us up on your local podcatcher. Please do give us a review. Hit subscribe if you've got any mates that are interested in college football or two Australian guys talking shit. Now is the time if you have ever thought that there was a time this would be it on behalf of that guy up in the adelaide hills will murden for myself down here on the plains we will see you next time (laughs) 